Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the recovery guy, and you have entered into the fix. Thank you so much for following Recovery Guy. Of course, my name is Robert. I am the Recovery Guy, and I am excited, more excited than usual, to be in the podcast studio today because not only do I get to share my experience, strength, and hope with you, but I've got our great friend, Susie DMD. So if you're not following a great Al-Anon and, and a wonderful person who can gain you insight from the other side of the table, then you're going to want to follow Susie on Instagram at Susie with a Z, D. MD, and you can find out a little bit more about her. But I'm excited because over the years, Susie has become a great friend of Laura and me. And I first met Susie about five years ago when she was searching on Instagram for her help from uh, with her alcoholic. And uh, unfortunately, I was not able to make a difference in his life. Uh, in the meantime, Susie and I became great friends, and for that, I'm very grateful. So I'm going to introduce Susie and let her say hello to you. Hi, Robert. Hi, Laura. It's good to be here, and I'm always willing and grateful to talk about um, the beauty of our shared programs um, and how much recovery has impacted my life. And so while you did share that five years ago you were not able to help the addict in my life, um, you profoundly um, helped affect uh, myself and therefore my children for the good. So thank you. You are welcome. And you know, you never know where a relationship is going to lead. You just follow the opportunities as, as they come along. And, and I didn't know, you know, that we would become as good of friends as we, as we have become. Uh, but I'm very grateful for that. Obviously, it had been wonderful to, to help Brian along the way. Uh, but I think as you've seen in the rooms of Al-Anon, I have certainly seen the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, that those of us who get well, we are the exception, not the rule. And that might be the most sad thing about addiction. But isn't it, isn't it the same with Al-Anon? How many people come in broken, codependent, hostages, and yet they're in the rooms and they stay that way until you don't see them again, right? Oh, absolutely. We see it. And there are many people who consistently darken the doors of our fellowship and who never actually recover. We talked about that a little bit at lunch today, that you can, you know, an addict can refrain from substance and still, you know, they can say they're sober, but not be recovered, yeah. not be living happy, joyous, and free. And the very same is true for those of us who love an addict. You know, you can go to the rooms, you can say the serenity prayer, but if you don't live surrendered to the program, you are going to be as miserable and irritable and restless and seeking for something to control um, as, as anyone. Uh, so you're right. I'd say maybe 10%. Maybe it's almost similar to what it is for people who live in long-term yeah. recovery. You know, you bring up, and I completely agree with you there, and that's, that's the commonality I think that we have. Obviously, me as a member of Alcoholics Anonymous, I'm also an ACA or an adult child of an alcoholic. And, and you, as an Al-Anon, married to an alcoholic, but also other family members and friends that you have seen addicted to substance, but you, you, you hit on one of my favorite words is control. You know, until I was willing to let go absolutely, right? 
I, I wouldn't be ready to take steps. So, so how long, because, you know, every alcoholic wants to control their Al-Anon and every Al-Anon wants to control their alcoholic. We think if we could just control that other person, yeah. we'd be okay. But that isn't true, is it? Not at all. It's exactly the opposite. The freedom of this program comes when you realize that my job is 100% to control myself. My my reactions, my responses, my um, my beliefs, all those things are within my control. And that's it. That's absolutely it. And when I lived in that place of thinking if I could say something enough ways to make a difference or... Um, you know, manipulate circumstances in order for someone to see what they were doing, how it was affecting everyone. Well, for goodness sakes, that's not only mind-numbing, it's it's exhausting, and it never made a difference. Mm-hmm. And, and it wasn't for a lack of trying for two and a half decades. You know, it, it's the surrender is where the freedom is. The surrender is where the happy, joyous, and free can happen. And when mm-hmm. I realize I, I have no more control over this disease or this other person, than I do the weather. Um, you know, it, that's where the beginnings of hope come. That's where the beginnings of recovery come. When I can get to that place to say, step one, <laughs> yeah. then, then I can recover. You know, it's interesting because a lot of times we wait for other people. I remember early on in my recovery, I would try to show people this and show people that and then wait for them to sort of respond to me. Um, and then, and then... It was almost like I was getting better for them, mm. and 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 until they recognized what I was doing, I wasn't willing to go any further. So I was sort of bargaining mm. from the outside in mm-hmm. instead of getting well from the inside out. And you know, I, I was sort of waiting for their cue. Oh, oh, we see Robert's getting better here, so we're going to start acting better, and based on how they were receiving me, would determine. So it was still control. It was still manipulation. I wasn't getting better in spite of how there were. Did you find the same thing? No, I think the difference, Robert, I was so desperate to be better by the time I found Al-Anon. So there was was a very quick uh, change in my mindset when I saw these people sharing stories that frankly were worse than mine. And like I said on the the YouTube speakers, and I'm like, how can these people be laughing and happy, joyous, and free? And I'm like, I, I don't even feel like my circumstances have gotten quite as desperate as some mm-hmm. of theirs. And I just, I, I guess I'm one of those people, I'm willing to learn from someone else's experience. And so I remember hearing the words at the first or second meeting in the in the opening that said, you know, the family situation is bound to improve if only one of us finds recovery. And I just clung to that like it was the stuff of life and so I was okay with just focusing on uh-huh. me from the beginning and then I had you know that therapist that said under these three conditions alone do I want you to keep going if he's supportive if he's not supportive if he's neutral yeah. those three conditions <laughs> only you know and so I just remember thinking I can only do me right. and I I lived so many years the other way remember I was older than you when I found these rooms so yeah. you were what you 30s 32 okay uh-huh. well I, I was 45 so <laughs> so so it were 44. So it, it's like I maybe I was more desperate than you. Uh-huh. So I was already at the point where I was not willing to wait for someone to respond positively. You know, and you not only responsible for yourself, but but as a um, as a mom of three, because I think a lot of Alanons who who sever their relationship or or stay in a dysfunctional relationship because. 
there God calls them to stay not yeah. you know and and you find your your alcoholic cooperating some but for whatever the reason uh, but but now you're a single mom and you're not only responsible for your personal recovery but you've got these three because I know there's a lot of women I know on Facebook and the Facebook groups the Al-Anon groups I'm involved with I see a lot of single moms yeah. you know and how much more challenging because you can't recover for them and yet they're teenagers. They're yeah. your responsibility. How does that factor into your personal recovery? Um, I think it's my number one motivation, honestly. Uh, it's I'm in a place personally where I could easily tell myself I don't need to participate in a program anymore mm-hmm. because it's not my significant other, you know, things like that. But the very fact that this is a family disease, and we've mm-hmm. talked about that a lot, and that's one of the reasons this... Uh, symbiotic thing between AA and Al-Anon's matters so much. It's a family disease and I I tell my kids all the time it's not a matter of my opinion whether or not there's a chance for them to love an addict or become an addict and because of that alone it really it really forces me to look at my life and the way that I'm I'm messaging my children Mm -hmm. about their own personal responsibility how i'm messaging my children about their own ability to control or affect somebody else's choices around them um you know they'll come to me and say a friend you know did this i'm you know it really bothered me and i'm not you know i i love when i can see my youngest my 13 year old refuse to accept unacceptable behavior from another middle schooler that just motivates me all the yes. more because she's the kind of kid that would be at risk to just take on anything to be liked and loved or whatever because mm-hmm. of her story. And instead she's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to participate in that. She's able to see that. through that. Yes. Yes. That is huge. And same for my kids and for them to be at a place, I mean, frankly, decades before me to say, that's not my responsibility i'm not responsible for you feeling that way yeah you know i can look at did i cause that yes yes and so if my kids can say i'm not responsible for your feelings your reactions whatever that gives them a fighting chance to not have to be in these rooms yeah you know it does and so that i mean and i'll catch myself you know like you talked about today and your in your speaker meeting but that that steps you know 10 11 and 12 that we can keep repeating every day those those amends come fewer and fewer the more we stick with this Mm -hmm. program and they matter to me like that i don't have to make those especially with my children you know speaking of which uh, and your children are lucky to have a mom of recovery and 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 I think later on in life, in their relationships and their interaction with each other, you know, they'll come from a position of, of wellness. What's going to be good for me uh, in protecting me and being as healthy as, as as possible? But speaking speaking of the steps, I know for me, as a as a member of AA and, and a big twelve stepper. Um, Steps are really important in terms of, because we come in rather screwed up and rather confused. We don't know which side is up. And, and it's, I want to start over here because that's more comfortable. I often uh, refer to the steps as a, as a buffet, as a sizzler, where we have a tendency to want to go in and only eat what is friendly to our palate, right? Mm. And so I say, well, I want some of that, but I don't want any of that. And I don't like that flavor. And that makes me bloated. And I'll have a little bit more of that. It's not the same way when we come into Al-Anon or or AA or another 12-step program. How important has it been for you 
uh, to to follow the path because you have a sponsor. I mean, we do the same things. Yeah, you just yeah. do it in Al-Anon yeah. and I do an AA. How important has it been for you to really follow a path that uh, that that your sponsor and others have laid out for you? I think it's it's the only way. Um, when I the one thing Robert that everyone had in common that had something I wanted, so not the bitter jaded that were there to trash dump at the Al-Anon meetings. Um, but the ones that were like, you know, they had something I wanted. Like we say, it's a program of attraction. Yeah. It was very easy for me to ask people, you know, to be my spot when I found the one that, well, I've shared with you my first sponsor. Our schedules weren't congruent, so then I found another one. Um, but it was very easy to see something that I wanted. And without exception, Robert, they, they work those steps and there is a method to them. There's a reason. Matter of fact, at lunch, we shared with a lovely person and you said, when, who wasn't sure that they would use all the steps and they might there might be some steps yeah. for them. And what analogy you gave them the ladder? Well, if you want to get up there, what where do you start? The first rung? Yeah. And then which, which rung would you skip to get to the top? None, you know? Yeah. And that was a great analogy. And I feel the same about the steps. And um, because some of them are uncomfortable, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Oh, for heaven's sake! Yeah. When you gave me when I read steps four and five, I remember thinking, I, "I'm glad I have a vacation coming." <laughs> I'm glad I, said, I thought, you know, I've, I've got to take this fearless moral inventory, and then I've got to share it with another human yeah. being. And that was so intimidating until it wasn't, yeah. and until I just did it. And I loved because I had such a great sponsor who shared with me this thought that most of our character defects or, or assets overworked and and I, like I that. love that and she she said if you look at everything on this continuum you know our goal is to kind of be in the middle and what you what you've done with your defects is just kind of taken it to this extreme this extreme you know opposite extremes and she's like you know if you can find your center there and, and that was that was great wisdom and it also allowed me to let go a lot of the shame and fear that I had about revealing my my defects you mm -hmm. know not like they were really hidden from anybody that knew me well yeah. <laughs> You know, we think, you know, our denial serves sure, as well. Yeah. Sure. But, um, and it's really made a difference because it's it's helped me, I think, and, and be a better human all the way around yeah. in, in the workplace and, and all of that. So I, I feel like it's something I will stick with the rest of my life because of that. You know, you know, you talk about the workplace, and for those of you who don't know, Susie is a, a dental professional. She has a couple dental practices and so she has employees and things when when you carry this into the workplace and because we just don't we just don't practice our recovery at home or yeah. like me and my marriage with Laura I'm not one way with Laura and another way with my children and another way with my friends and another way with my employer or God forbid another way on my podcast with recovery guy we we sort of carry this with us wherever yeah. we go yeah. so so even in your workplace, because some people are codependent, they don't even realize it, mm -hmm. they don't. So you introduce that way of living, right? Yes. We it, it says in AA anyway, we believe this manner of living can have benefit for everyone, right? Yes. And and you find that to be true in Absolutely. terms of carrying that balance it's, with you? Yes, and it and it affects the workplace. It's it's that same idea that, you know, don't do things for others that they could and should do for themselves, you know, and don't you know, it's like in the workplace it makes people very self aware and self accountable. Uh -huh. If I let them know I it's not gonna be well received that you come to me with something without going to the other person first or if you're trying to not own your part of something that you're responsible for or, or anything like that it works but also with relationships where mm -hmm. you know somebody may be 
having something that they're struggling with and maybe perhaps try to um, make that be my issue and it's it's a lot better way to live to say okay that I can look at that objectively and not react to it in such a way that allows me not to have an amend when I go to bed that night yeah. or you know something like that um, and you know when you talk about thinking and 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 so on you know one of the things that Stephen Covey that that I follow quite a bit over the years talks about as a is is a paradigm and and Stephen also talks about being in alignment with the four domains or dimensions with the emotional the spiritual the mental and the physical mm -hmm. and as we were chatting earlier today at lunch um, Tony Robbins talks mm -hmm. about that as well how have you taken you know information outside of Al-Anon like I have outside of AA and sort of look for almost like a a higher level of, of thinking and and obviously being in alignment is really important what was it like when you realized how out of alignment you were and how did you begin to incorporate these things into your personal recovery well, that's a good question Robert yeah I like that um, yeah it's first of all the blinders of denial taking them off and having an awareness I, I tell you that the biggest gift say that me, again uh, taking you... the blinders off of denial yeah. and, and having an, an ability to look at yourself. Um, it's, it's honestly, to me, one of the biggest gifts of this program is the self-awareness that comes. I don't think we can move forward and improve ourselves at all without an honest look at ourselves. And that is maybe painful at first and not, not something that we want to do, but it, it is the truth. I mean, it's, it's the way forward. So once I was able to take a radically honest look at myself I could see how out of alignment I was mm -hmm. physically you know um, was that mentally painful? yeah it's not fun to look at that and see that you know um, to see where you've allowed your your ill thought processes and your obsessive thought processes towards somebody else's choices take you so far out of yourself that I wasn't making good choices for myself physically. I wasn't making good choices for myself emotionally, mentally. The only thing that I think spared me through all of this was the fact that I refused to give up my spiritual connection good. to God. So if when I look back at, at this, I, I give God all the credit. When people say, boy, you didn't, I wouldn't have handled that like that. I don't take credit for that. I honestly believe if I had let the spiritual component go mm -hmm. I, there's no telling yeah you know I wouldn't probably be sitting here with you today yeah. honestly so for that um, I think grabbing hold of that because that was the only part that I probably had right at the yeah. moment and then saying God show me help me to live in a place of surrender to all of this I see people that are doing it differently I know there's a way help me with that so I would say the spiritual part was the first part and then it led me to making better physical choices mm -hmm. you know you and I are both students of the word and I do believe when it says that my body's a temple that matters yeah you know and so I was like God help me I'm the only person that can take care of myself physically and if I don't do that I mean my children need a well parent you know, yeah. so I've got to do that. And then it carried over into the, the, the mental and the emotional was probably the last part to come. So, yes, everything from reading, you know, leadership things from John Maxwell to things from the word to Tony Robbins. We talked about that, how he kind of references your life as like these spokes that go out. And if any one of them is broken, the wheel has a flat spot and won't roll. And it yeah. was that same thought process. And so I realized all of that goes together. So being able to read or hear or see a, a, a 
a story shared or, or read something in a book or literature and say that can apply to my recovery and now the way we see the world almost everything can you know yeah. almost everything has an application to recovery and you're at the point now where like I told you at lunch the first thing I think when I I, I meet somebody if they share that they have something to do with addiction I'm thinking I'm already thinking who's the Alanon in this and <laughs> yeah. who's the whatever you know because it's so predictable yeah. and it's not it's not my judgment it's my observation of yeah. reality and like you shared I really don't know very many families that aren't touched by this disease in yeah. some way and so this message of hope really can be beneficial to so many people but yeah there are definitely parts of of other readings and things like that I mean everything from you know Janine Roth to Jolene Parker to um you know lots lots of books I mean really there's a lot of them out there that have things that are helpful um overall for our recovery you know when when you mention god and and the importance of a higher power you know it's not by accident that after we admit we're powerless over in my case alcohol and my life has become unmanageable the first thing i'm introduced to is a sense of spirituality where i'm introduced to a power greater than myself that can restore me to sanity right because only an insane person would stay with an alcoholic like me who is yeah. is bent on destroying everything yeah. in front of them um, or or with an, an alcoholic you know only only a person insane would continue to do the things we do over and over and over again and for some crazy reason think it's going to be different this time yeah. right I'm going to drink the scotch I'm going to drink this I'm going to drink that and and my wife won't get mad at me or my children won't get upset or I won't get fired from my job it's like only yeah. a crazy person so so we're sort of introduced to a restoration of sanity by introducing us into a power greater than ourselves. Yeah. and oftentimes and share with me the alanine side after i set this up i tell people all the time that the program of alcoholics anonymous isn't designed to teach you how not to drink or use it's designed to show you how to have a relationship with a power greater than yourself and as a result of that relationship you will no longer want to drink or use What's the, what's the counter to that for an Al-Anon? So the the point of Al-Anon is not to teach you how to you know not be in a relationship with an addict. It's to teach you how to live happy, joyous, and free with the help of a higher power, whether or not in they spite use, of whether or not they use. You know, in other words, their choices cannot be the defining factor of whether I can so, live happy, joyous, and free. So contrary to popular belief. Alanon is not designed to break up marriages or no, relationships. No, my sponsor is still married, and <laughs> she has many, many years, 25 years of recovery. And they've been married, oh gosh, 35 years maybe? Yeah. So, yeah, and as a matter of fact, I don't, I think it's in in my original home group meeting, uh, there were very few uh, people not still in relationships. So, no, <laughs> it's yeah. not designed for that. Although that is the rumor. I, yes. I was told that yeah. early on yeah. as well. Yeah, I, I, I teased it where, where we'd say we have met the enemy and it is Al-Anon, <laughs> right? Um, we're, we're, I'm powerless over alcohol and my wife has become unmanageable. <laughs> it's, uh, it's step one. I love it. I haven't thought about that in a long time, that's but I hilarious. remember hearing that in the rooms. Oh, you know, and, and you know, because we're we're in such denial. Yeah. You know, I want I I want it to be anything but me. Yeah. Anything but yeah. my alcohol. Anything but the things I protect that I that I consider breath. You know, again, I always refer to Father Martin, and if you listen to me very much, you know I'm a Father Martin nut in terms of uh, his chalk talk. 
but he would he would even say that 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 alcohol from from a compulsive standpoint and when we become addicted on a cellular level alcohol becomes like breath to us we guard it as much as we would regard our next breath you know i would do anything when i exhale to be able to inhale again and that's the same way and and i think because i'm so dependent on air right for for just eat and i become that dependent on alcohol just to get by a day it's the same thing with an alibi yeah, isn't it with yeah. the codependent it is and i think I, I, this is unpopular sick, right 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 and that's that's where i wish and for, for one thing if any of our people listening today could understand how important it is this to encourage the person that you love it let's say you were blessed enough to find sobriety before your partner uh-huh. or significant other or child or whatever finds Al-Anon or your parent or whatever um encourage Al-Anon because it you are more successful in recovery when your significant other has Al-Anon because both of you are staying on your own side of the street both of you are improving your own self-awareness and your own journey to wellness and wholeness Mm -hmm. like you love to say which is so true and instead of this consistent behavior of trying to draw you and bait you back into arguments or whatever I think for the Al-Anon side of the room this is unpopular but it's the truth our, what we hold on to and, and protect like our breath is our ability to blame somebody else for the unmanageability yeah. of our life. So if I can just, you know, if you're still sick, then I can blame you for all of the right. the things. And I can be a martyr and a victim. And, and oh, God, I don't want to let go of that. That that means what? That my yeah. life is my responsibility yeah. and that all this unmanageability is up to me. Well, you know, there's like, what did Wendy say today at lunch? There's freedom in that. There yeah. is because that means there's something I can do if it's on me. There's something I can do yeah. about it. Yeah, you know, is because it goes back to control. What 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 are the parts that I can control? Well, the only thing I can control is is what I do for me. Everything yeah. else, hopefully, people get better as a result yeah. of me getting better. But I don't control that. And yeah. as soon as I let go of that control and just focus on my own wellness. Um, actually even the better things become around Every, me yes. because I'm not continuing throwing a rock in the water saying yeah. you need to do this you yeah. need to do that yeah. it's just folk but that's hard to do yeah, but when control. you see your world crumbling you want to do whatever you can to save it but again as as I as I said at lunch my broom only reaches to my end of the street yeah as much as I wanted to reach into yours and to fix other people I'm, I'm not capable of that I I I'm a full-time job, you know, in terms of getting well and, and hopefully I can bring enough balance to encourage. I think that's what my recovery yeah. does. Yes. It encourages others to see the change in me Yes. and maybe they would want to change also. But that, that, that's just a prayer. We, we, we can't control that. Well, I like, I like that you use the word control. I told Laura when we were sitting in the room before the talk started today, I loved how they had a lot of the slogans on the wall. Yeah. And many of them are the same as Al-Anon, but there were a few exceptions. Yeah. Um, but the one I told her that I love of ours that wasn't on the wall is don't just do something, sit there. Yeah. So it's like, you know, our need to constantly be fixing and controlling whatever, yeah. it's like, be still. Yeah. You know, and from the word, be still yeah. and know that I'm God. So for me, though, when I hear the word control, I've been in recovery just long enough that when I hear that word, Robert, it, it's like cursing in church. I will say it. It's like every hair on my neck. If I hear somebody say that word, I'm like, whoa, 
Okay, what are we trying to control here? Because if the next <laughs> word out of their mouth is my, then we're okay. Like if they're controlling their if own they're something. Owning it, yeah. But is that the what the what the follow up you hear to the word control? Oh no, Never. no, no. In anybody's life, so yeah. that word when I hear it, it's one of those words that just stands my ear up because I want to hear what comes yeah. after that. If because only it's she not, or he wouldn't do yes, this, and yes. I wouldn't do that. And it's true of anything. Again, this goes back to the workplace or whatever. You know, it's like that. That false control is an illusion unless it is regarding your own self yeah. because that's the only thing that yeah. you can predict that for. Yeah, and, and, and that's where ownership really comes yes. into play. That's the only thing we can own are the things that we own. Mm-hmm. You know, everything else, you know. Um, I know a lot of times with Laura and me in our house, one of our phrases is only one person on the roller coaster at a time. Yeah, you know, we don't good. try to enlist the other person and get crazy along with us that's because... Good. Each person is responsible for their own recovery. Each person is responsible. You know, I know that as a person who's been around a long time, I would love to go in and fix other people because I know if they don't get fixed, if they don't get right, if they don't recover, I know what's going to happen, and I want to stop that. However, I can't. All I can do is be a recovery example and hope that somewhere along the line, you sort of take what I've taken from other people apply it in your own life so you can get well yeah it's true on our side too i can't tell you how many times over the years people have reached out because they've seen something that i've shared that's just enough information for them to know that i I, i'm working a program or something they want to know and i'll share with them and you know a lot of times they're not interested because it requires like i said that peeling off the scales of denial the lack of control you know but it's it's that thing where it's always there and some people have reached out to me a couple of times and you know you never know which time would be where they would maybe go find a meeting and go find a sponsor and and start working something but in the meantime my job is to to stay on my side of the street work my recovery and and i think both of our rooms are great it's a program of attraction in other words when you see something with some when somebody with something you want you want to know how did they get that yeah and so it's the same way people follow fitness people or people follow you know whatever you know you want to be a chef like so and so you start watching their cooking shows you want to you know yeah. it's the same thing with our lifestyle of recovery you know you know as we as we get ready to close today's podcast um, you know one of the most sacred conversations I've ever had with, with was with my sponsor Jack who died of cancer two years ago going on and uh, 44 years sober and and I was able to visit him in his hospital in uh, Las Vegas and and as Jack was dying and I knew it was going to be the last time I saw him alive and and I and I sat next to him in his hospital bed and and I'm one of along with this fellow named Richard Richard H we're the, we were the longest sponsees that he had. You know, we were over, both over three decades. And, and I looked at Jack and I said, Jack, what do I tell him? What do I say? You know, if there's a message that I can share with others based on your recovery, what would it be? And Jack was one of those keep it simple, take it easy guys, yeah. you know, always relax. No matter how crazy I would go into his office, he would say, keep it simple and take it easy and he would say Bob let me show you something with you you know and he, yeah. and he talked really so as if he didn't even hear my insanity yeah. he would have a real simple and calm answer I but like him. but but I said to Jack I said Jack what do I tell him and in his cancer stricken voice he said Bob tell him 
it works. Ah, uh, yes. And that was the last thing, and I kissed him, and uh. I said goodbye, and I went down to the, the parking lot, and I cried, and got in the car, and I drove home, and that was the last, that was the last thing that Jack would say. So, so in that same vein, what would you say to the Alanons who are hearing this? Because again, most of us are adult children of alcoholics. Yeah. So whether you know it or not, folks, you're an Alanon. You qualify. Yeah. Yeah, if you you're qualify. listening to this podcast, the likelihood is you qualify for Alanon. And I think it's one of the reasons that I gravitate to Susie's recovery so much because she helps me come to an understanding as well. So as we close today, what would you say to the individuals in terms of this program working? I mean, I love, I love simple Jack. I mean, tell them it works. It really does. It's, it's, um, it's worth the effort. It's worth the painful peeling back. It's worth every moment. And I, my life will be better. The trajectory of my life will Mm -hmm. be better forever because of these beautiful steps, these beautiful traditions, um, the fellowship of knowing there are others who can empathize in a way that no one else can. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, folks, uh, this has been Susie again at Susie DMD. Reach out to her for some Al-Anon wisdom and some direction on Facebook and other social media, and she will certainly get back to you. Uh, and of course, Susie writes a blog for us, usually the first Thursday of every month. And she is going to be writing our first blog in 2022. So look forward to that um, uh, as well. And, and I just want to thank you so much for all that you do to support me and Recovery Guy and our recovery mission. Uh, of course, I've got the videos up on YouTube, Real Recovery Guy. Uh, look for my Etsy page as well. I'll, I'll post those links later. At Recovery1986 on Twitter, recoveryguy.org for blogs or podcasts or go to your favorite podcast channel. You know, it's, a, it's an honor representing recovery and understand everything I know was taught to me by people who practice recovery. And that's one of the reasons I take it so seriously because, like my sponsor said, it does work only when we work it. It does not work through osmosis. I can't sit on the couch and eat bonbons and wonder why I'm gaining 20 pounds, right? It's the same thing. I need to get out and I need to work it. It is not by mistake that uh, chapter 5 is how it works and chapter 6 is into action, right? We need to put these steps into action in order to live out this recovered life. And, and I want to thank you so much. As always, remember, we got broken apart, but we get well and whole together. And as always, my name is Robert, and I am the Recovery Guy.